Hello and welcome back to Throw Down, an action cinema podcast. Uh, we're back once again after a brief break due to sickness <laughs> to talk about more action films. I am Vaughn and I am here with my co-host Jack. Jack, how are you doing today? Good evening, Vaughn. Good evening, people who listen to this podcast. I am okay. I am recovered from my sickness. Uh, everyone is back on the men now and now we're going to talk about movies where people get very hurt. So... Yes. Jack, I have a very important question for you. Uh-oh. Hit me. Have you ever fired your gun up gun up in the air and gone air? <laughs> <laughs> so, for so many years. I mean, I've seen Hot Fuzz a thousand times. I've just been like, I know I'll watch Point Break at some point. I know it's that's the iconic moment. That's the iconic scene in that film. It's been referenced a thousand times in many, many things. Um, but re- watching Point Break for the first time this week... Uh, I realized just how like insignificant that moment even seems. It's not even at the <laughs> climax true, of yeah. the film or something. <laughs> I thought it was such a, a monumentous climax part, but it is like this, um, like a, a mid mid scene, uh, a mid film scene. Even it just sort of happens, comes out the blue, and I was like, oh, there we go, there it is. But yes, there I would is, love yeah. to. I would love to fire up my my guns in the air and go ah, like <laughs> Keanu does in this one. Yeah, I'm psyched to be talking about Point Break. I was excited to show you something that you hadn't seen mm. before. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Point Break, so it was really fun to watch it again and, and take another look at it. Uh, mm. How familiar are you with uh, Catherine Bigelow as a director? Mm, not massively, you know. It's one of those sort of blind spots. I've seen a couple, and I really, really like the ones I've seen. I've seen uh, Near Dark, which I think is really, really yeah, cool. Yeah, Near Dark's really great. Good. Um, Point Break, which we'll we'll talk about today, and I've seen The Hurt Locker many many years ago, which I, which I thought was quite good as well. What about you? Are yeah, you, a, are you a, a Bigelow, a bigger fan of Bigelow? <laughs> I'm about the same. Mm. Um, yeah, saw Hurt Locker many years ago and mm. don't remember it very well. Um, huge fan of Near Dark. I've also seen Strange Days, which I yeah. think is fantastic, mm-hmm. really really great. Just like '90s dystopia stuff. Um, so yeah, there's definitely, I need to see quite a few more. If you're interested in more Bigelow talk, uh, they did a whole series on Bigelow in the, on the Twin Geeks podcast. Oh, so you amazing. can listen to them. They went through all of her films and, and ranked all of them. That's great. But we're going to focus just on, on Point Break today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really cool movie. This is our first Keanu, and I feel like Keanu is a, is a staple in the, in the action cinema world, but for different reasons. Oh, certainly. Obviously, He'll be back for sure. 100%. Over the last like 25 years or so, he's become such a, a big name in that sort of realm because of the Matrix films, um, and uh, John Wick, of course, and things like Speed. But I always knew like he one of his earlier, earlier attempts at the action cinema world was Point Break. Um, so seeing it this week, it was just... It's interesting how goofy he is in this movie, which I didn't actually expect. Yeah. Like, he has some of that sort of like bumbly Bill and Ted vibe to his character and the performance in yeah. general, which doesn't ever feel like working against what the movie's bringing. There is sort of this... Uh, it's kind of a goofy vibe throughout, but it's not like Definitely. self-parody or anything like that. There's just like an underlying like comedic balance to it all. And that comes through like uh, Gary Busey as well, I think. Gary Busey is great. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. an, it's such an interesting sort of collision of genres because it is kind of primarily an action film, but there's also, it, it's kind of like mainly at the same time, this kind of breezy, like vibrant 90s hangout movie. It's uh, an where, extreme sports hangout movie where it's just like, right, dudes it's like surfing and chilling and catching waves. 
yeah, just hanging out on the beach, but it's also like all about adrenaline and, you mm-hmm. know, just the junkies getting their fix through catching the waves and jumping out of planes. And oh. you've also got heists and kind of this mm-hmm. buddy cop thing with, with Keanu and Gary Busey. It's it's so much crammed into one <clears> film, but it really flows. Yeah, but the, the entire sort of point of the movie is that, that search for that eternal summer, that sort of endless, uh, that yeah. endless stretch of time where these, these ex-presidents who are the, the, the gang in this movie, just can just do what they love, which is just these chill beach parties and extreme surfing. And to fund that, they are just hopping from coast to coast, robbing banks to pay for the way. I love that. As like a as an MO, as a motive. It's not like like this cruel intentions. It's very much just like right. this anti-establishment, anti-corporate stance on life, being like, we don't want to have to fit in to this like societal regime we just want to like do the surfing that we like and we just have to rob a couple banks along the way yeah it's interesting the the whole gang i think very much operates on that wavelength but then you've got um patrick swayze Mm. or or Bodie as he's name in the film um he's kind of a step above that where for him it's like this it's kind of doomed from the outset where you can tell he's always like looking for the the next step up in that Mm -hmm. that adrenaline high and he's kind of always trying to find the next thing that's going to keep going and it's like this is going to hit the kind of the the peak of that eventually and it's going to kind of hit a a point of no return which definitely is is set up early in the film when he's mentioning that 50-year storm as this monumentous yeah. occasion or whatever and by the end of the film that plays a massive part in you know his character and ultimately ultimately like the demise of the end of the film there right but yeah just seeking that sort of unreachable uh, mountain top, just trying to be better, trying to search for something more, um, all whilst just going for that hundred percent pure adrenaline rush along the way. Yeah, it's it's interesting what you say about the fact that they're they're very just anti-establishment and they're not really interested in in hurting anybody and mm-hmm. they're just kind kind of trying to fuel their own thing because it ends up sort of being keanu reeves and gary Busey's fault that things go sideways like they're Mm -hmm. trying so so hard to kind of insert themselves into it and catch them that it's kind of what makes things spiral out of control and and ends up leading to the Mm -hmm. the violence that breaks out in kind of the third act of the film which is a a genre i'm a huge fan of kind of the the cop who goes in too deep tries to loses sight of all of it yeah Lovely, trying to infiltrate a gang and then gets caught up in the weeds of it all and makes like unexpected friendships and like friendly bonds with people who are essentially the antagonist of the entire movie. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say friendship because watching it again, I was I kind of had forgotten like how like oddly sexual the tension mm-hmm. is between <laughs> between um, Patrick Swayze and Keona Reeves. There's definitely like a a homoerotic vibe to the mm-hmm. whole thing and there's that that great <laughs> that great line at the end where patrick swayze says what is it? something like uh you're like acid in my mouth you just can't <laughs> i know how bad you want me or something like that no that is like the yeah the homoerotic tension is 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 prevalent throughout the whole film uh during an interview at the film's release swayze said um uh, he expressed admiration that the dynamic between johnny and Bodie wasn't slap-ass macho jokey crap he wanted to play it like a love story between two men. Um, oh, interesting. Is, which is like a, a great read of their dynamic. And as we said, like it, it, that, you can definitely read that throughout the whole thing, especially towards the end. Yeah. 
And that makes sense that's coming from Swayze, because I think you get a lot more of that from mm-hmm. him. Like, I think he's much more aware of that in that mm-hmm. dynamic, and Keanu Reeves, I think, is... Yes. It's definitely there, because you have, like, that climactic moment where he, he can't shoot Patrick Swayze, but I don't think he's he's cognizant of, of his actual, like, feelings for him. No, it's, it's very much like Keanu Reeves getting involved into this world, and Patrick Swayze sort of luring him in, and... Uh, yeah, making this this dynamic work, but he sort of has the the upper hand in it and a lot, and he's leading the way a lot of the time as well. Yeah, which is interesting because there is an actual like kind of forefronted romance between um, mm-hmm. Johnny Utah and uh, I can't remember her name. Lori Petty's character. Lori Petty's character is uh, Tyler Tyler Ann and yeah. and Loot. So you have that, but it's like that almost is kind of takes a backseat to mm-hmm. what you know is kind of the the real romance of the film. Yeah, it, it becomes kind of like a, a MacGuffin-y thing of like, yeah, you establish that relationship at the start. So in the third act, they have someone to kidnap and basically turn on right. Johnny Utah, and then he has to you know do their bidding and help out with the bank robberies, or else she's going to get hurt. But you definitely buy the dynamic between Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze more than, say, the, the yeah, Keanu Reeves' character and Laurie Petty character. Yeah, you, you get a lot of that. It's, it was funny re-watching it. Like, I kind of... Maybe I forgot or maybe I didn't quite notice the, the first time, but watching it again, I was like, this is almost exactly the same general plot outline as Fast and Furious, which obviously came <laughs> later, but I'm like, yeah, yeah. That's a, it's a very similar idea there where you've got to kind of infiltrate the gang and, and hang out with whatever antics they're getting up to, and then things go sideways because they uh, they end up as buddies. In another reality, we would have one Fast and Furious movie, and we would have, like, what, 13, 12-point-break <laughs> movies that get increasingly more campy and ridiculous, and they end up going to space. And then you got Jason Momoa trying to blow up the Vatican on a surfboard. That sounds great. That does sound great. Did you <laughs> ever see the uh, the Point Break remake? No. So I obviously avoided it because I was like, well, I've not seen the original yet. Um, okay. I, I think I checked. There's the Sony like 2010 remakes that I've avoided for so long, like the RoboCop yeah. one, the Total Recall yeah, remake, that. Point Break. Um, and yeah, looking up on Letterboxd, I don't think anyone I follow gave it anything more than maybe two stars, maybe one and a half stars. Oh, okay. But I, Sometimes I'm intrigued you get now. one of those that, that breaks through and people kind of reclaim it and they're like, no, this is actually well, yeah, great, but we, uh, we were, <laughs> it doesn't we, seem like this one's one of those. You've been on like a little Tony Scott uh, like binge recently and you watched his uh, Taking of Pelham movie, which doesn't really have that many fans, but I, I thought you were you were pretty positive on that one, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I was very positive on it. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I went in expecting it to be very bad, but I was like, "Oh, never mind." I'm I'm a huge fan of whatever Tony Scott's mm-hmm. got going on here. It's uh, it's very different vibes from the original, which is good. Film, which is but... what you want, I suppose. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, maybe we, I should check out that Point Break remake just to see like what and how they can do it differently because the yeah. the, the chemistry and the general dynamic of this film is like near perfect, I'd say. So trying to take it from a different angle and trying to I don't know play it straighter, a little straighter lose some of that goofy yeah. energy. I don't know how that would come off. I'm cu- who is the... Uh, I'm looking up. I'm curious who the... Uh, the director is Erickson Core, who did that um, Willem Dafoe Togo movie for Disney a couple of years ago that no one saw. Huh. Yeah, um, I don't other, even know what that other is. Other than that, nothing, really. I, yeah, it's very strange. Very yeah, I was looking. I was curious what the cast was. Edgar Ramirez and Luke Bracey. Oh, Gracie, who are uh, not yeah. Really, er- uh, Erickson Cole was the cinematographer of the original Fast and Furious movie and Daredevil. That makes <laughs> so sense. So that, there we go. Okay. That's, the, that's the connection. <laughs> that's the overarching connection there. 
but I do see you've got uh, Ray Winstone as the uh, oh, good. the Gary Busey character, which I okay. like. I'm a big I like fan that. Of that. That's that's you know he's the British Gary Busey, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Busey. So maybe there's something there. I will have to have to check it out at some mm-hmm. point. Um, but I, I can't imagine anything quite uh, quite living up to Point Break mm-hmm. as a as a film because it is it's such a great example of it is because it is mostly this kind of just very breezy hangout thing it's it's kind of like you've got this this tension in the background because you know it's building Mm -hmm. to something and especially in kind of the front half you don't really know what it's building to and then it kind of starts to like explode into these into these really amazing action sequences yeah when they're infiltrating like the gang's hideouts and things or the the, the yeah that raid sequence is crazy the raid sequence is great and i think the first like first time i took notes on the actual sort of action dynamic of things is when someone gets just shot through the foot and it is just the most viscerally bloody yeah like, nasty oh uh, it's such a it's such a great little moment in that um raid yeah you almost like forget that it is like a gnarly action film yeah at, it just feels core. i don't know it's just kind of, yeah as you said like a fun <laughs> dynamic right. like hangout sports movie that then tailors yeah. off into heist territory and then those action sequences, which is really good. Well, well. even even the early heists, because they, they make a point to say that the ex-presidents have never like fired a shot, they've never harmed exactly. anybody in, yeah, all, of their, just, in uh, all of their heists. So like even when you do see those early heist sequences, they're just they're in the bank and then they're out and it's mm-hmm. just kind of more of their their goofy dynamic, but then once uh once you get that raid sequence and you're like oh this is this is real and there's like some grit to this and you've mm-hmm. got like keanu reeves almost getting chopped up by a lawnmower and- yeah that's crazy moment uh but the ex-presidents thing is so great as well because it feels like a, such a classic thing that's been in movies forever of just you know a, a heist with themed masks but this must right. be one of the those initial examples and it's obviously led to so many like parodies or homages right. and references. I was thinking a lot about Baby Driver, the beginning of Baby Driver, where they're meant to be oh, wearing yeah, yeah. Mike Myers masks and it gets <laughs> Michael Myers. Oh no, Mike. They're meant to be Michael Myers from Halloween, yeah, yeah. the Shatner mask, and they get Austin Powers. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, so I was, I was looking up a little bit about the movie. So mm-hmm. when they were working on the, the script, so this was when. Um, Catherine Bigelow was still married to James Cameron, so they uh-huh. worked on the the script together. And I guess James Cameron, who's not actually credited, but I guess he did a lot of work on on uh-huh. the script, and he was he was the one that kind of created the iconic ex presidents theme for the, oh, the whole gang. That's cool. Yeah, that makes a lot. You of can sense. definitely feel a lot of the the James Cameron kind of sweeping like, epic stuff yeah, in here for sure. Late eighties James Cameron vibes, yeah, definitely. Um, the what what I did not expect about this extreme sports uh, surf heist <laughs> movie was all the skydiving stuff, which I thought is oh, it's just completely phenomenal. nuts. And like the way it's shot, you're just like, this is crazy. This is genuinely like Mission Impossible Tom Cruise level stunt work. Like, yeah, I, I'd love I, to see some crazy. behind the scenes on that stuff. Mm-hmm. It um, all just looks completely seamless and like genuinely scary, and the ind- adrenaline rush that the characters are going through. Yeah. that first dive where it's just about the dive and then like the second time it comes around where it's Keanu jumping out of a plane with no parachute yeah. to jump onto Swayze's character and it's just th- so thrilling and it's shot just almost like a documentary footage it's so good 
Yeah, it does such a great job of, like, you know, increasing that tension, too, because by the time you get to those skydiving sequences, it's like the intensity has started to kind of break out a little bit. So not only do you get kind of the adrenaline rush of they're jumping out of a plane, but you also get, like, you start to get that idea of maybe these characters are sort of, like, onto each other and there's more of that dynamic is starting mm-hmm. to break down and you know he starts to suspect that maybe his his shoot has been meddled with because yes, maybe there's a little yeah. more happening here and he's like i don't know if i'm about to die when he jumps out of that plane and they're switching all the shoots with each other and you're like what is <laughs> what's gonna happen here and you you've mm-hmm. got that there's just that extra layer of tension and then of course that that final sequence where he does just jump out with no shoot to to catch oh, Swayze absolutely not it's, it's such it's such a well orchestrated sort of like climax before the general climax of the narrative i suppose that's your final like major set piece um but i thought the ending was so wonderfully bittersweet um how this you know he's, he's eventually caught you know he tracks him down yeah uh, Swayze is, is tracked down by Keanu Reeves and he's, he's bringing him in, but then he knows how much this 50-year storm, the spiritual connection he feels towards surfing and this this ever-long journey he's taken. And he lets him go yeah, out because he knows that he's just going right. to not make it. Yeah, it's totally... It's it's the climax of kind of the, the two halves of, of Ree's character, where it's like he's mm-hmm. got that, that kind of the... Uh, endless pursuit cop thing where he's like mm-hmm. i can't let this go and i've i've got to complete my mission but he's also you know whether he realizes it or not he's definitely very much in love with uh with oh yeah, Patrick yeah. Swayze's character it's very and, much like i i can't bring him in because i don't want to see him in custody yeah. but I, it's like uh you know leaving a lover he just he has to do it himself he has to right just, and he knows what's going to happen when he goes yeah, out there yeah. so it's like it's you know what 50, let's <laughs> a 50 year storm it looks absolutely reckless yeah. and crazy and yeah and he just goes off, and it's it's still left ambiguous, but like yeah, it's definitely just he is going to yeah. drown in this massive wave. Well, yeah, I love his his final line that where he uh, sends him off with the the via con dios and mm. throws his throws his badge on the sand and walks away, and that's all you need. That's great. That's all you need. That's why we haven't had eleven sequels, a la Fast and right. Furious, because <laughs> it doesn't need doesn't need a sort of tampering with that sort of ending. It's true. As much as we love the uh, the many many sequels of the Fast and Furious movies, uh-huh, 100%. it's. Uh, it's good to have that <laughs> that single film with the great ending too. <laughs> yeah, they you know they 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 match up uh, against each other in that regard. Absolutely. Yeah, but some of the some of the action sequences are just incredibly they're just phenomenal. I think the mm-hmm. it really all kind of culminates in that in that chase scene through the through the neighborhood is just yeah. absolutely wild like that the heist finally breaking down and you know guns start going off and you're like, "Oh, this is this is kind of the end for the ex-presidents and you've got uh, them chasing after the the whole gas station explodes and starts yeah. burning down and you've just got everything is going wrong and then that's just one of the best on foot chase sequences I think in anything I've seen is it's really good I, I running through the neighborhood and the camera's following right behind him it's 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 nuts anytime you can like shoehorn like parkour sequences into right. uh, a, a very thematic action movie and obviously like Reeves takes a tumble and that leads us into the the iconic line of shooting up into the sky um, and you feel so much of the the character's development from the start of the movie, where he's just this ex footballer being like brought into the the, the police force, um, but now he's just made this sort of un, unparalleled bond between a, a cool surfer heist man. Yeah, <laughs> that sequence is so much better because you get to that 
that final moment, and you still got uh, Bodhi wearing the. He's his, he's still got wearing, the Reagan mask. He's I think, Reagan, I think. Yeah. yeah, you could just see it through his eyes. So much, right? Like, yeah. There's so much going through those. So much. So many thoughts going through those eyes in that moment, but you're just left with this disgusting Reagan plasticky mask on top. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great dynamic, great back and forth. It really mm-hmm. is just like constantly. It really is like two separate halves. Of the film where it's like you've got that that breezy hangout, and then once it really starts breaking down, it's like then it's just nonstop action. Yeah, you got some like very like strange one one liners and little moments in like the police station, and you've got um, John C. McGinley, uh, the guy from Scrubs, oh, he's in, great, yeah. <laughs> in, in, uh, in the police office where they're doing the sort of West Walk. Uh, West Wing walk and talk moments throughout the the office there and then yeah you're moving into the surfer territory which has a completely different vibe and those are the, the two halves of Johnny Utah's life at this point is this corporate straight laced we're gonna get them and then it's yeah. very much like getting very ingrained into surfer heist culture and learning more about these people learning more about himself and yeah the, those two halves come to a head throughout the movie yeah it's one of those things where he's like you feel he feels very like kind of restricted and bound by these these rules and the bureaucracy of it, mm-hmm. but which and, is know, very much like, well, what just... the the ex presidents are going against as well. It's right, just a complete rejection of that bureaucratic approach to it. Right, and he wants to break free of that and wants to just be able to you know ingratiate himself with them and spend all of his time in the gang and keeps getting shut down and so he kind of is is constantly breaking the rules but it's like ultimately it's really not doing anything for anybody it's he doesn't end up accomplishing anything particularly useful with his whole his whole plan so it's like maybe mm-hmm. the <laughs> maybe the rules were were doing some work for him there <laughs> yeah it's a very strange one i just love how it's the the, the the it's not really touched upon that much other than just like in brief passing but Keanu Reeves's history as like a college level football player I'm like you, give me ten minutes of that I would love to see that stuff <laughs> that that would be great if we had some some Keanu Reeves football sequences it's, he just does not uh, does not to me look even no. a young Keanu Reeves does not look like a, a quarterback or a linebacker or some sort of Definitely football not. star um, but Swayze is perfectly cast for this sort of spiritual. Um, Absolutely, surfer dude. He's got like that the, the bleached sort of hairline. He's just the, the athleticism on display, both through Keanu Reeves and Swayze. Yeah. Really, they're both sort of peak fitness at this point. So all the action sequences they're going through are just really well done. Um, yeah, Swayze's got a, such a great look. I don't know. I'm not too familiar with Swayze as an action star. I don't know mm. if you've seen seen more seen, of his action stuff. Um, I've seen Roadhouse, which. Um, I, I like I, I like a bit. There are some like really stunning action sequences, like bar brawls okay. inside Roadhouse. But Roadhouse as a two-hour-long movie, I don't really think works just for me. I think there are some great mm. moments in Roadhouse, but the thematics and the general sort of pace of the movie don't really do a lot. Right. For me. But outside yeah, of that, I can't really think of him as an action star. Like you think of Dirty Dancing, which is obviously a lot of athleticism involved because. If we think right. of da- if we think of dance as sort of coordinated action, then obviously he's doing a I lot of athletic yeah. things in there. 
Um, but not really, unless we talk about the, the Fox and the Hound 2, which apparently he has a voice <laughs> a voice role in, which I have not seen. But uh, there you I, go. Uh, I can't say I've ever seen that one, so I don't, mm. I don't have any insight no. there. Growing up, I always got Swayze and Kurt Russell very confused, just because kind, oh, like, kind of had a very, yeah, a very yeah. similar facial structure and the hair sort of thing. So I was always getting them confused and thinking Swayze's in The Thing or Kurt Russell's in Ghost. <laughs> I think you've definitely got some some periods in their careers where they look yeah, pretty similar, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But no, I don't. Looking at his filmography, he was never like a big, like mainstay action guy. He right. has quite a quite a versatile career, really. But maybe we should dig deeper into the sort of lower, lower, lesser seen stuff to find some sort of goods. There's someone called Next of Kin about a, a man seeking revenge and his brother's killer. Red Dawn, which uh, what is that? World War Three oh. dystopian Soviet movie with Charlie Sheen. Yeah, Red Dawn's. Uh, Red Dawn's. I think historically, I think Red Dawn was one of the first um, PG thirteen films in America. Oh, interesting. Um, I, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. But no, Swayze to me has always been sort of that mom heartthrob ghost slash dirty right. dancing guy. So seeing him, you know, in, in Roadhouse initially. And then Point Break, I think, yeah, definitely his more more of his vibe and just like a, a really really great standout performance. Yeah, I think it kind of works in kind of both ways. Like he's playing sort of with type as kind of this heartthrob guy that's mm-hmm. just hanging out on the beach, but you know he also gets to kind of play against that at the same time when he gets a little more ruthless and crazy with it. Yeah, which I think works works really well. And of course. Yeah. Keanu's got a, a great history, and I didn't. Yeah, I didn't really think about how he. This is one of his his earlier. This is quite early. This is action this is quite films. Early. Yeah. This is um, uh, like maybe one, t- two years after Bill and Ted, like the, that first Bill and Ted movie, which was pretty much what put okay. him on the map. Like he's been in right. River's Edge before, which I'm a big fan of. But in terms of, oh, I haven't seen that. Uh, in terms of big blockbuster. Um, action movies with Keanu right. I think this and then a couple of years later you've got Speed and then like Johnny Mnemonic and things and they, they sort of really put him on the map in, in that sort of weird corner of like cult action cinema but Point Break is yeah. a crazy one crazy one to have as your first sort of big breakout action movie because as I said earlier yeah, you bring some of that goofy Bill and Ted energy to it but then there's so much more emotional heft to the way he presents this character and yeah, I think the the physicality of it definitely lends itself to sort of how where he was going to to take his career and then kind of explode in with like the Matrix and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and then becoming definitely uh, an action star that has has stayed with us for a very long time. Yeah, and, and God knows what he's going to be doing. I know that I don't know that they keep talking about John Wick Five, which I don't understand what that would be or will be. Or um, I think there's a Constantine two working, like they're working on, which I'm yeah, I mean, yeah, I've heard about vaguely that. intrigued by. But I just want to see what Keanu does next because he's just had like so many specific arcs in his career, and he's obviously riding the wave yeah. of this of this John Wick ride. But it'd be interesting to see where, if anywhere, he goes, other than making like odd cameos in uh, rom coms or uh, what else. He's, <laughs> right. he's, done, he's done some very strange sort of pop up appearances in like the SpongeBob movie from a couple of years ago. Oh, um, really? Yeah, <laughs> he's done some voice acting in like, DC League of Super Pets, and he's, you know, he's having a bit of a resurgence. But it's just, I just don't know where he's going to go from here. But it'd be very yeah. interesting to follow that career. 
Yeah, always, always show up for Keanu Reeves. I'm definitely mm-hmm. interested in what they will, uh, what they'll do with John Wick Five because it does seem like, on the surface, like how would they possibly continue that, and why yeah. would I want them to continue that? But why, I also, why would we call it John Wick Five? <laughs> like I know they're doing right. that ballerina movie, which is you know obviously intrinsically linked to uh, John Wick Four. But I don't know if I need yeah. a John Wick Five. I, I, I'm all for doing more like TV stuff and film work in that universe. But whether it needs to be about Keanu Reeves's character John Wick, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, I have a degree of faith because I know that Chad Stahelski and Keanu mm-hmm. Reeves both felt very strongly that they didn't want to make a Five unless they mm-hmm. had a. They a felt strongly reason. about yeah. it and, and had a reason to make it. So. It's not like I'm I'm overly concerned about just kind of being pushed by the studio into making something that didn't need to be it, made. Because you know, but it, it it made money and it fantastic right. critical reception. You know, so I wouldn't be surprised if they just keep asking them to make them because they're, they're, yeah. they're just good movies as well. It's not that they just make money; they are just fantastic. And there's certainly no they haven't missed in the John Wick series yet. So I have to <laughs> mm-hmm. I have to hold some some degree of faith to to what. Have you watched any of that TV movie. show yet? The Continental? No, no, I haven't. Uh, I don't know how it's supposed to be. Um, no, I've still not got got into it yet. But I've not really heard a lot about it since it aired, so I'm wondering if it's... Yeah, I don't think I've heard anybody really really mm-hmm. talk about it, so I don't know if it's any good or worth watching. I'll have to it's, check it out and find out. It's so strange how popular movies just get spun into TV shows that seemingly no yeah. one talks about anymore. <laughs> like... Uh, that Dune so TV much. show it's, keeps getting yeah. pushed back. The um, the Penguin Batman series is seemingly... I haven't heard anything about that in a long time, if that's still going. I didn't even know that was happening. There's yeah, just so many I things I think that, being that was made. announced like the week after the Batman launch. It was like, oh yeah, oh, Colin okay. Farrell's Penguin is going to get his own like Godfather-style HBO miniseries. And I was like, oh, hey, I'd, I'd probably watch that. But yeah, I've not heard <laughs> anything about it since. So we'll see. We've got the uh, the MonsterVerse show airing right that, now. That just dropped, and I had no idea. Not a clue. But yeah, yeah, I think, I think it's got two a couple episodes, episodes out. out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've heard good Patrick, things, so maybe starring, I will check it out. Starring Patrick Swayze. I mean, Kurt Russell. <laughs> exactly. So maybe, maybe it is good. I don't know. I'm all, I'm all I'm for s- more kaiju action, even if it's just from the West, you know, in the, that MonsterVerse realm. But Godzilla, yeah, scene, I'd, so we'll be fine. I'm certainly a, a fan of the MonsterVerse, even though they're not, they're not great, but... I do enjoy them, they're, other than King of the Monsters. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I might have to do a rewatch at some point of the whole MonsterVerse saga. Um, I think I should as but well. Yeah, yeah. I, that King of the Monsters I thought was such a dud, such an ugly movie, <laughs> such a it's, nothing it's of a movie. It's very ugly, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the rest of them I definitely enjoy quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And then Godzilla Minus One, very soon. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, just a couple weeks out. I am very, very excited. Very excited. I have avoided all trailers, but like I've seen a snapshot and it looked it looked great. Oh, okay, I think I've, I've I'm too excited. I've watched. I think I've watched all the I trailers. Just, I just keep trying released, to avoid stuff now because I'm like I know I'm going to try and see this. Yeah, like, it's absolutely. It's, a, it's a, the newest got Japanese Godzilla movie. Of course, I'm going to try and right. see that on the big screen it's if an the event. UK yeah. if the UK permits me to see it this time because we did not have Shin Godzilla in 2016. I was not not a Godzilla fan at the time, so I don't remember mm. if it. I think we did get it in theaters here, but I, I think don't have, it would have been a, uh, much a slightly wider release than it was here. I think yeah. it was just like London screenings, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Anyway, Point Break, fantastic movie. Absolutely loved <laughs> Point it. Point Break is fantastic. Um, I'm glad you loved it. Yeah, because I, I I didn't really know about anything really going into it other than oh, the really? pop culture references, and it's a Keanu Reeves okay. movie. 
um, and you just let it wash over you for that sort of one hour fifty period or however long it is, and it just it moves so quickly, it moves so well. I think the thematics of the characters and the sort of connections, the spirituality and the the power dynamics of the that relationship are really good. The the extreme sports nature of it all I found so interesting as like a piece of action filmmaking, just concentrating on more like a a sport angle and taking athleticism. Um, parkour and skydiving and seeing how that can, can be considered sort of like choreographed and things that was really good um, I think it's just yeah really really well done it's definitely certainly an, an atypical action film and that it mm-hmm. does take a lot of it's 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 action notes and the the style of action that's taking the the way that you shoot and create action cinema but using it for very atypical things like mm-hmm. you said like you've got this this focus on this adrenaline rush action and the parkour and the stuff like that that you don't always see in a lot of mainstream action films mm-hmm. and so like for this this kind of big budget american production to do be doing all of this stuff that's that's very unique it's yeah it's a it's a great thrill ride definitely it is such a breezy film it just zooms mm-hmm. by there's definitely never feels long or anything like that um so i'm glad that i was able to show you yes Point Break. absolutely thank you for that it's been very good um and on the next episode i will be bringing a an oddity to the to the podcast i'm cheating a little bit by bringing a movie that's kind of not a movie but is a movie this is mario warfare next episode mario warfare from 2015 which is technically a web series, but has been compiled since into a feature-length film, and you're not going to want to miss this one because it's a it's an odd odd little little project there. So Mario Warfare for the next episode, um, available yeah. very easily on yes. YouTube. Yes, uh, we to gonna, check it out pro- before the next episode. Yeah, we will uh, definitely be spreading that on Twitter and places and Discord because yeah, it's awesome. Right. Thank you, Vaughn. Another great episode. Another great episode in the books. Make sure you can check us out on Letterboxd. Make sure to go to thetwingeeks.com. We're on X slash Twitter, Blue Sky, wherever you want to find us. We're there Mm -hmm. talking about movies, talking about action. Um, Yeah, so head on over to the Twin Geeks. Check out everything else we're going on. Make sure to check out the Catherine Bigelow series if you want to learn more about her as a director. And we'll catch you next time to talk about Mario Warfare. See you, Jack. See you, Paul.